and welcome back to Michaela's Motivation, the podcast show where I interview other blind and visually impaired individuals such as myself and other people. And on today's episode, I have my good friend, Sia Rain. We're going to talk to her today and interview her and talk about so many things that she has accomplished. And we're going to talk about her disability and just we're going to get into detail. Okay, we're, we're really going to get into detail about it. But this is the show, as I always like to say, where I speak to other blind and visually impaired individuals so you can see how they live their life. So you can see how their blindness does not affect them. Okay? So, welcome, Sia Rain. Hello. And so, to start off our show, Sia, let's talk about your blindness, your, your impairment. So why don't you go ahead and tell them about yourself. Okay, first of all, I was born with something, and uh, the names are kind of long. Um, I have um, RP, which is retinitis pigmentosa, and I have the rarest strand. There are 14 strands, the last I remember. I don't know if it grew since then, but it's been 14 strands. And then I have congenital nystagmus, which people are more familiar with that. Um, I've had these since birth and, um, it's the incurable kind, the RP is. So really there's no glasses, no correction that can be done with it. Right. Now for the people who may watch my YouTube video or hear me on whatever listening platform you may listen to this podcast on, I want to tell you guys, nystagmus is basically rapid movement of the eye. And basically, it means your eyes just, just, they wiggle. Okay, they move. And your eyes can go horizontally, vertically, or even diagonally with the rapid movement. And that was very interesting when I found it out because I had to learn about my disability and I have nystagmus as one of them. So I can relate to Sia's nystagmus part of her disability. Her RP, I, I cannot because I don't have RP. I have microthelmia. That'll be a different day for a different podcast where I'll sit down with you guys and talk to you one-on-one, just us. I will not interview anyone for that podcast. It'll just be me. But, um, Sia, why don't you try to explain to our viewers your vision of field, like your sight, how what, what you see. You know, if you were to describe it so they can understand from you. You know, as I tell everybody else you can talk to a family member who thinks they know the person's disability or impairment or their visual impairment but you really have to talk to the person with the disability to understand it okay well um in brightly lit you know situations like real bright light or even outdoors when the sun's out i can see to get around i just can't read signs or anything like that mm-hmm. um dimly lit places or dark places um i'm not able to see at all um but you can see light perception right you can see the light yeah, the, the lights. lights that's it okay but you can't yeah now you guys can't see it but sia has her service dog socks down here beside her he's a good dog he's a service dog he's really well at helping her get around and everything and very well mannered and a lot of people you know, think that a blind and visually impaired person has to have like a big dog, like a lab or, you know, just things like that that are trained. But no, you can train and have a smaller bred of dog 
trained to be a service dog. Now, they may not be equipped to her height, where, you know, she may need a German Shepherd or, or something higher so she can, you know, be closer to her to balance her, but she hasn't had that issue and hasn't came to that yet. So that that's good. Um, so let's see. Basically, did you, uh, let's talk about, hmm. Did you have socks professionally trained or did you work with them or how did you train him to be equipped for you? Well, I pretty well, um, because it's hard to get a multiple service dog for multiple disabilities, mm -hmm. I had a personal trainer who trained me, trained me with, you know, she said I had the capability of training on my own. She just assisted me on things that maybe I didn't know or tips or whatever. But most of the time it was me training him and she was like helping me with it. She was right. coaching me. Well, that's and then good. whenever I started looking at the techniques of a service dog, um, I watched a lot of videos to learn how to teach him the scent track and all that. Mm -hmm. But also she kind of did um, some looking into it and helped me with it as well. Well, that's good. So, that's good. So it was a, a deal where she knew I could do it. I am capable of training, but she was like a coach. Yeah. And uh, and she was like an extra hand in case you didn't know something, like you said, and she could correct you or help you, you know, giving you the best tips she can. Yeah. And that's awesome to know because it was actually at a Pet Smart or Pet Sense. I can't remember yeah. what you said. Pet Sense. Pet Sense. And it's crazy because, you know, Pet Sense is way smaller than PetSmart, you guys. It's not big, it's not very well known, I don't think, to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I've asked several people if they've heard about it, and they have not. So it, it, it surprises me, but it's good to know that that is out there. It is good to know that. So something else I want to say is I'm glad there's people out there like that. And guys, we are gonna we are going to pretty much talk about so many topics in this this podcast. It's not even gonna be funny because we're gonna have stories to tell you. We're gonna have you know just things. Um, the next thing I want to talk about is your ministry. You have a ministry where you help people who are in prison to be able to get back into society. Why don't you tell us about your ministry and how you came to? want to start that ministry? Well, um, technically, it's called Living Water Ministries. And um, due to a personal um, experience, um, and I really don't have the time to discuss it all, right? Um, but my husband was falsely convicted of um, of something and he is in prison right now and due to that reason I have taken a special uh, care to find out about different things about the prison like I actually found out that it's not the state that provides the majority of the care although it looks like it um, the families do a lot of it and the way that they 
yeah, they're very, um, you know, they're nice to the people, but sometimes they can look down their noses at the people in the prisons. Mm -hmm. And they have this mentality, well, they got what they deserve. And whenever you've got someone that has not deserved what they're getting, it makes you look at things differently. I'm not saying that everyone is right or everyone is wrong. There are some, though, that if you're not careful, you misjudge the wrong people. And so I got to hearing so much about people complaining that they were paying for prisoners food and prisoners this and prisoners that. So I did some digging and found out that a huge, huge chunk of majority is parents, um, family members, and things like that. And unfortunately, even we're looked down on because our family or loved one is in prison. And rather than letting them flounder on their own, we're helping them. And sometimes they don't think that's right. I don't, you know, I never will understand the reasoning behind that, but that's their choice. Right. Um, what we do is we um, help with providing like, um, we help them, we send little writings, like little cards to inspire them, encourage them, build them up. Um, we, when we're able, we will, um, like, give the um, chaplains the supplies they need because they don't have a budget. They only have what's in their pocket. And they have to pay for the supplies. And so our ministry does that so that it helps their outreach with the inmates as well. Um, we do jail ministry. I, here in town, for a while was bringing reading glasses to the jail. I'm going to start doing that again. I'm not in town very often, so I don't do it as often as I did. But providing reading glasses because... Um, whenever my husband was in jail here, um, there was a cellmate of his that really was needing reading glasses. And his family kept promising him that they were going to bring him some. And I never did, and it really hurt him. And so my husband said, look, I'll talk to my wife, and I'll let you take my snack money or whatever you need to get some glasses because that's just the way my husband is. Right. So he has a big heart. And so I, um, he called me and he said, sweetie, I want you to see if you can get him some green glasses and take some of my money out and use it for his glasses and bring it to the jail. So I did. And uh, he told me the story. He told me that the man was in tears. And just looked at him and said, bless her. God bless her. And just, he was happy because he was able to put those on and and read and, 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 and see what he was doing. And it just made him happy. Um, you know, seeing what he was reading was, was really happy for him. A little pair of glasses, a little dollar 
Brady glasses. That made the most of a difference, everyone. And Sia can agree that even the littlest of thing that you do for someone, you're giving to them. You shall receive something back in the future. But there's nothing like the feeling of giving and seeing somebody have a smile on their face because now they have something they didn't. And they can do what they're wanting to do. And I've also been known to, you know, there's only me and my mother. Uh, you know, eventually the mission will grow. Right. But for right now, it's just mainly my mother and I. And every now and then, my friend Elizabeth joins in and does some things. But um, mostly it's her and I. And every year, they they have this deal where you can purchase um, items that they need. And you send it to the prison and the, and they get that gift from their family. Mm -hmm. um, this year, Living Water Ministries had the pleasure of adopting an inmate and sending him what he needed. Um, and it really made his day because his, his mother was overwhelmed with a lot of things and preoccupied. She didn't really have time to do for him like she wanted to. And his brother was also overwhelmed and preoccupied. So he was very upset because he wasn't going to get a Christmas box. Oh. So instead of letting him do without, my husband called me and mentioned to me his situation. And he says, sweetie, is there a way where we can do this? And I said, well, I can't do it personally because, you know, you're not allowed to communicate with other inmates. It's, it's against the rules when you have your own person that you support. Right. You can't go and call other inmates and talk to them. So I told him, I said, if you can, I know that they are allowed to do this. They sometimes will peek in and talk on the phone with you. Well, while you're talking to your loved one, that they can do that. Mm -hmm. So I said, put him on the phone for a few minutes, take a little bit of your time, and I'll talk to him. Right. So I talked to him, and I asked him, I said, uh, I want you to tell him what you need in Living Water Ministries. My husband has told you about him, and he says, yes. And I said, I will talk to them and see if we can come up with a way to get you because I said, I run Living Water Ministries, but I will get in touch with them and find out what exactly we, you know, we are able to do. I won't be able to do it, I told him, but I said Living Water can. Right. As a director, I can't. Exactly. But I can have someone do it. So he was like, okay. And he was just happy as he could be. But the whole point is he got a Christmas box thanks to Living Water Ministries, and most importantly, thanks to God. Um, God was the one that gave me the way that it would work. Right. And now I have a young man in jail, and this is his story. He actually um, is someone that I've known. He was a neighbor of mine when I lived here. And he knows that 
I have been praying for him a lot. And he tells everybody that he meets, this lady changed my life. And he always tells about what I've done for him. Um, no matter how unbearable he might have been, I never refuse to let him come in and talk to me. I never refused to uh, take the time just to pray with him. I would drop everything and pray for him. I have seen this by witness that she has done this thing because I have seen the person she's talking about. So yes, I can vouch for her. She does do that. She, she will, and if she has any way to, she will help anyone in need. And, and that's what we need more of. But, um, it, it amazes me. It really does. Well, I'm having to figure out how to get him some money <laughs> for his books. And I, like I said, I can't uh, talk to him, but I'm going to let my mother be the one he could call. Right. And my mother is the same way I am. She'll be a great encouragement for him, and it'll kind of remind him of me being there. Right. I won't be able to. Uh, due to my husband. So I'm really, really asking for anyone that would like, that has a love for that. I've been praying that God will send me more people, like more people that will write these inmates for me, uh, more people that will do a little bit of stuff under, under Living Water Ministries name. And, and not ask for money because we really don't. Right, right. Now, if you guys... You know, hearing her say that, if you want to help, please comment down below your name and I will comment you and get in touch with you so you can get in touch with Sia and find out how you can help the ministry, how you can make a difference and make a change, which is something we need. And to help these inmates because, you know, I'm going to say there are people who belong in prison, but there are people who don't, honestly. And, and it's just how it is. And not only that, it prevents their likelihood of reoffense. Right. If you put a support system in place for whenever they come out, they will least likely go back. Um, that's that's the problem is they freak out because they get overwhelmed. The world is really strong. Uh, you know, they don't let people change. They're stuck that that person's going to always be a criminal. And they don't give the person a chance to make a difference or to prove themselves. Right. Now, there are people that unfortunately will repeat no matter what you do. But not very many. Not as many. But the whole point is providing them materials so they can go to work. Uh, talking to the, that's another thing I do sometimes. I will literally call up people if I know I have someone that is well reputable, a model inmate, and they're getting out. I can sometimes call and do a little persuasion by talking to the person and saying, look, I know this person is an inmate, but let me tell you, he has been, you know, if I know them real well and can get to know them enough, then I can vouch for them and get their job. So the whole point is, because I am licensed 
I'm a licensed minister. Um, I can do a lot of talking with the employees and I mean employers and a lot of times I can get something done. Right. And see guys, it amazes me because no, I'm not going to say the blind people can't do anything, but it really shows you how far somebody like us, if they push themselves to do it and they really, really want to, we can get to this point in our lives where we can achieve what we want. Mm -hmm. Hey Siri, what's our timer? It's running at 39 minutes and 18 seconds. Alrighty, okay. So we are almost at the halfway mark of our show. That is so awesome. You see that we can really just have a conversation and just talk about things I feel we should touch up on. So now that we have spoken about her ministry, I want to talk about another thing. I want to talk about, because I'm going to save the best for last, discrimination. The best for last is her music, but we will get into that in a little bit. But I want to talk about discrimination, not only just against people who are blind and visually impaired, but against people who are disabled in general. Mm -hmm. Now, me and Sia have both had occasions where we have been discriminated against. Or we've had some. And we can get into topic about that. We can talk and we would be ranting here. Like my case where basically I went into a store, I had over maybe $300 in my wallet. I wasn't wanting to steal nothing. And just because I get a phone call and I got a charger cord running out my purse, they want to accuse me of stealing. Okay. I walked out of that store. I said, you know what? I'm not going to take being discriminated against because I got money in my wallet and I would not want to steal. Just because I took two things up to the register that did not have price tags on them, but yet they were on these shelves, they want to think something like that of me. Probably just because, oh, she's blind. Or, oh, she may not have money because she's blind. I don't know if that would be really something anyone would think of, but you never know with people, okay? You really don't. But I slept. I said I wasn't going to tolerate it. I wasn't going to deal with it. It's just not, it's not what you should deal with. Mm -hmm. I left. I said, you know, David, I said, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm not going to take this service just because I have a disability. I got money in my wallet. I wouldn't want to steal from you guys anyway. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, you're going to stay right here is what they said. You're going to stay right here while we call the cop to search you and blah, blah, blah. I said, pardon my friend, the hell I'm not. I am not staying here. I'm not getting treated like this. Me and my sister, we left. And the thing was, while we were standing in that store and this was happening, I gave my sister my purse. And I said, look in there and tell me I didn't steal shit. I parted my French again. But when I get to ranting, I say stuff I don't. Yeah. But that's, that's, my, that's my experience of it. Now, Sia has been at the same store before or after my little incident. And had something happen with her and her friend. So, Sia, why don't you go ahead and tell them about what happened to you? Okay, um, it's actually to my friend. Um, he has visual impairments, but he's also, he has some develop developmental delays. Um, but he, um, he and I were at the store. I was on a walker that day because of my back. And we were walking from, I do believe it was from a yard sale. And he had just gotten like a new bike 
And um, we were going to the store. We were going to get our half price drinks or whatever price they were. And, and we were going to sit there and drink because it's kind of hard for me to carry one because I was on a walker. Right. And he couldn't carry one. I mean, it would be kind of nice if walkers had cup holders. That would be that would cool. be really good. That and would be really cool. They have like they have the ones that you can put on there, but I didn't have that kind of money. Right, right. It's probably expensive, so it, it was more than I had. Right. Um. So we were sitting there drinking our soda, and the uh, lady came out that was behind the counter and went over there to I think she filled the either the newspaper box with newspapers or she filled the ice thing. I don't remember. She filled something up. Mm -hmm. And Ricky was just being nice. And he said, hey, um, you know, this is my new bike. And he was just being nice. He said, what do you, you, like, you know, what do you think about it? And, you know, well, he always does. Oh, yeah. R Ricky, and I think that could, well, no, it's not a part of his disability, but Ricky just loves to impress people. And he he just, you know, wants people's opinions because he's done it several times too. And I'm like, that's just tricky for you. And I'm kind so of eating, always wanting your, your thoughts. She went back in. And the <clears> next <throat> thing I know, there is this police car pulling up at the end of the sidewalk. And I'm like, now what in the world is going on? So I was sitting there, Ricky was beside me. And now this, I never asked you, that lady that talked to y'all, was she the one that called? We don't think you don't know. so. You don't know? Okay, or you don't think From so. From what I've heard, it wasn't her, it was the other one that was with her. Okay. I didn't know, I forgot to ask you that last time we tried to mm -hmm. film this, but I was just kidding, but go ahead. But anyway, um, all I know is she was partly the one that was aware of it. Um, so she didn't stop it, so she's just as guilty. Mm -hmm. Um, but they called, the officer called him down the sidewalk, wanting to come to him and talk to him. And I was sitting there trying my best to tune in the best I could with my hearing, because that's part of the thing I didn't mention. It's connected to the RP that I have. Right. It affects my hearing too. But it was so loud out there. I was trying to listen. And all of a sudden, I heard that voice tell me, Hey, are you going to just stand there and let them attack your friend? Or are you going to go down there and help? So I said, okay. So I rolled down there. And I stopped. And I said, excuse me, officer. Is there some trouble here? Why is my friend being treated this way? Why are you talking to him like this? And he finally opens up and he says, he won't show me his ID. And I looked at him straight and I said, excuse me, um, if I remember right, he's not subjected to searches. Do you have a search warrant? And he's like, no. And I said, well, I'm sorry not to refuse against you, but not to give you any disrespect. But I'm standing up for him as a legal representation. Even though I'm not an attorney, I was... Um, I was almost a law student and I looked at him straight and I said there is rights he has rights and one of them is he is not subjected to searches and unless you have a reason to hold him let him go and and I said I've heard him several times you several times talking to him and telling him that you want him off the property but then you keep hackling with him I said how's he gonna leave if you're still talking to him mm-hmm 
And I said, stop harassing him and let go. And finally they were telling me about, well, they said he was here all day loitering around and that he was sitting on top of the water bottles. Uh, and I happen to know those things are stacked high. Yes, they are very high. Like they're even taller than me and probably even Sia. So it's like, how is Ricky going to get all the way up there? He's afraid of heights too. Right, exactly. He's scared of heights. And that's what I told the officer. I said, sir, he is afraid of heights. How on earth is he going to get up there on top of those bottles? And I said, second of all, he's a heavy dude. <laughs> I mean, he's not big, big. Those things would But he's got some weight, yeah. <laughs> he's so, got some weight, those things would break or topple over one of the two. Whatever. <laughs> but that's, that's the whole point is I was sitting there and I was looking at him going, don't you know that they have cameras? Why don't you look at the cameras to make sure? Exactly. And I was sitting there going, um, officer, I was here too. They never mentioned me? He said, no. And I said, hmm, I've been here with him. And I know how long we've been here. I said, we've only been here for about 20 minutes. Right. Because I always check my time while we're sitting there so that eventually, you know. You get I'm, around a good time to leave. Yeah, and then not only that, I know what time we'll be home and all this. I, I'm very preoccupied with time when I'm going somewhere. Right. I want to make sure I make it at a certain point and have so much time and all this. Exactly. So the whole point is, you know, I told him that. And he was just like, well, they said he needs to get out of here. And if we catch him back up here, we'll arrest him. And I was like, that is so strange. And um, we eventually went to the police chief and... Of course, Ricky knows the police chief because he's always dealing with bicycles. He likes to sell bicycles. Mm -hmm. He'll get them every now and then and he'll sell them. And so the police chief says, yes, we know Ricky. He's awesome. He's a pretty cool guy. And I said, well, that's the problem. He's under fire for something he didn't do. And we told him about it and asked him, is there any way that you can pull these people and talk to them about how they're treating Ricky? I said, it's inappropriate. And he just said, well, they're just doing their job. I said, not the way he was talking to Ricky. And I told him what he was doing, what they were doing. Mm -hmm. And all they did, what he did was he wrote on the back of his card. He, he like did a little thing where he wrote the name of uh, his, Ricky's dad on a card on the back of his car. Mm -hmm. And he wrote the phone number of his dad. Cause he asked Ricky and, and of course his dad was there. So they wrote down his dad's name and, and name, number. Mm -hmm. We went in, like I said, I, I was on my walker at that time. So that was a lot of fun trying to go down those stairs on a walker. Right. Cause they don't have a ramp. No, they, they don't. To get down to the police station? No. Mm -mm. <laughs> um, so, and it was a very small room. Oh, yeah. So, anyway, whenever I got down there and we started talking about that and um, skipping forward a little bit, um, he told Ricky to put that in his wallet. 
And he said, the next time they do this to you, ask them if you can give them your card that they can call, you know, that has your dad's number on it and have them call your dad. And that way this won't happen again. Right. Um, luckily, I told, you know, I, I of course told them, his dad and his dad's girlfriend, that, you know, from then on, I couldn't, he could not go out by himself. I had to be with him. Right. His dad did not want that to happen anymore. I know, I can understand that. And that's not, you know, once you're on their radar, man, they, you're out there. And they even tried to proposition him while I was going to the restroom in my house. Wow. They were on, he was on my porch. And, and the neighbor, we had someone come over that was making a little racket. Mm -hmm. And the neighbor got uh, agitated, went and told them that, you know, Someone was banging on a door, uh -huh. banging on something. And I was like, okay, um, you know, and then of course he came up to my drive, you know, he came in front of the house mm -hmm. and he said to um, Ricky, he tried that ID thing again. Right. And I decided, you know what, he don't need to call his dad for this. Right. Because just as I came out, I said, excuse me, officer, what seems to be the problem? And why are you demanding for an ID from my friend? Mm -hmm. And he said, I just want to see that he's him. I said, oh, he's him. I can tell you. <laughs> see, uh, and, and the whole point is, if I hadn't stepped out, he would have picked on him again. Exactly. It was a different man. But because those two officers. Yeah. He didn't get proposition by one. Because those two officers did what they did, Ricky gets pretty much targeted. Yep. And even though the police chief did, you know, set things up to where they were okay, um, the good news is um, Ricky's dad's girlfriend went to the store with Ricky the following week. Mm -hmm. because I think this happened on uh, last day of the week. So they went to the store together, and she propositioned them and said, you're discriminating. Exactly. Luckily, it was the manager, the main manager, and she knew Ricky, and she said, I have no problem with him. And they said, well, something's going on here, and then they told the story, and she's like, well, I never knew about it. And um, she, she, they said she really didn't, her face um, showed that she did not know. Right. They did not tell her. So the whole point is um, now the person no longer works there. Has it been the person that did it to me? I don't know if it was the same person. I it think we said it was. possibly was. Yeah, I think we said it was. Yeah, because there was a man there that day. Yes, because guys... I'm not kidding you. I see so much discrimination with people about people with just disabilities. Um, I'm going to say this off topic. Well, it's not off topic, really. <laughs> um, I am a TikTok lover. I love getting on TikTok and watching videos. 
Um, Sia has not seen these this couple yet. I have not came across any of their TikToks while she's been here, but I probably will show it to her because she would need to see. She would love to see this because she could make a difference in this girl's life. There's this couple. The girl's name is Joanna. The guy's name I don't actually remember what his name is, but on TikTok I think it goes by Goofball or something. Mm -hmm. And jo he, uh, Joanna has, I think, cerebral palsy. And it's bad enough that when she talks, you can't really understand her because she kind of sounds like, do not take me as making fun of her. I'm giving you guys an example. Uh, kind of, you can't understand her. And there's nothing wrong with that. But people discriminate against Joanna all the time on TikTok. I don't know, you know, probably in real life too, but I don't, I've never seen anything. They only show TikTok. She gets so much hate and so much discrimination. People say, I actually think I might join TikToks if I can. Yeah, you should. But there's so much hate and so much discrimination. It's, it's just, it's crazy. And one person on TikTok, if I can ever find a video, actually, like, tried to copy Joanna and called her retarded and said that she needed to Ooh, leave never TikTok. never say the R word. Right, right. And Joanna loves to go live on their TikTok all the time to talk to the people because there are. There are people out there on their TikToks that love Joanna and her boyfriend. They love them. They support them. They do. And it hurts me to see people go like that. Now, Joanna does not have a blindness like me and Sia do, but she's got a disability. Mm -hmm. And it just makes me sick to see people who get discriminated about against for having a disability. Being bullied, yes. Yep. I will probably show her the TikToks after we get off here because she should hear these. She should hear these. Hey Siri, what's the timer? It's 10 or 8 p.m. No. Hey Siri. Okay, guys, we are back. Sorry about the technical difficulties, but <laughs> she is a blind musician, mm -hmm. and I I want to talk about that. Now, like I said, before she did her uh, clarinet and violin and guitar, she was actually doing piano. She had some really great songs. I will put one of her songs at the end of this video, and the podcast, just the podcast in general. So... She's got some really great music. Now, with that being said, Sia, why don't you tell us, you know, about your music? Okay, um, it's, um, it, I do have a lot of gospel, but the whole point is, even though it's gospel, there are a lot of them that you can take as inspirational. In fact, the new business I will be opening, or new YouTube I have opened is, um, Sia Rain Inspirations. So, um, technically, a few of my songs could be either or. Now, I recommend, you know, that they not use, be used for anything other than those things. Um, because they're very clean and neat songs and I don't want them tarnished. Right. Um, so that's pretty much what it's all about. Um, and of course, like she's mentioned, you know, like I've told you earlier, I'm, I'm a licensed minister. And many of you probably um, aren't aware of it, 
but I am also an apostle due to a personal, actual encounter with the Lord. Um, but um, I do a lot of writing songs. I'm a composer. And um, I do my songs based on what he lays upon my heart to write about. And there are a lot of them that are very heartfelt. They're, they really reach out and actually speak to you and tell you how the Lord really feels. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, I've been writing them for ever since around um, 2016. 2017, somewhere around in there, whenever I was going through my hard times uh, of my husband being in prison, and of course all the fighting and stuff I've had to fight whenever that was going on. Plus my father was dying of cancer, he was living with me. So there were a lot of factors that I went through, and so I sat down and started writing these songs that came to mind whenever I was going through these, and how I was so thankful that I had the Lord with me to help me through my times of trouble and uh, mm. yeah so that that's what it's all about that is and you know there there are a lot of I'm pretty sure blind and visually impaired you know musicians out there mm -hmm. you just gotta find them and th there's just everybody you are going to see on these shows and just their stories they're going to tell you a lot. And they're really going to show how we, as a community of the disabled, you know, live our lives. Mm -hmm. We live our lives and we just do not want to give up. Some of us may get knocked down. Trust me, I know. I have a friend who is like that. She's blind and she thinks the world hates her. But that's not the case. She just has not found her balance yet. Mm -hmm. Her just way of how she wants to do her life, living with her blindness. And I just feel so upset that there are some blind or just disabled people out there who feel like that. But this is why I'm hoping to achieve, you know, just that, that know-how. You guys hear the story and you just maybe try and just see how somebody feels i have put your place or put yourselves in our shoes i have an actual song that i sent to michaela it's called flight of the swan and i had a pageant that i was in and I'm still in pageants, by the way, and they're not beauty. They're not beauty pageants. Although I have been told I would be good in beauty pageants, I don't delight in those. Right. Um, these are community service based. And I was asked to write a theme song for it. And it's based on people with disabilities, and it was called, uh, and it's called Miss Propensity. And our mascot is a swan. And um, the Flight of the Swan tells in detail about people, it talks about the ugly duckling story. 
and then it goes into what I'm talking about that's compared to an ugly duckling story. Mm -hmm. Where many people come together and they're from different walks of life, different disabilities. And how some of them, like you were saying, are not there yet. Some of them are in the ugly duckling phase. Some of them still haven't found their place yet. And their, their wings are broken because their, their faith is shaken. And their hope is gone. So they need that time to mingle with others and find that encouragement and get their wings strengthened in there. And they'll, they'll soar. They'll fly. So the whole point is, it's, it's a very pretty song. That's why I said some of my stuff is inspirational. Um, that is one of the songs that I'd recommend. If you take the time, listen to that one. And you guys, I will insert that into the video for you guys can hear it. If you've stayed till the end of this. Or I'll just insert it into the podcast in general. If you've stayed and made it to the end, thank you. We really greatly appreciate it because we know our po like podcasts can be long. They can. <laughs> but that's okay. Now, I want to thank Sia for being on the show. Um, it was, It's really great to have her on the show because you're hearing from someone else. It was an honor and privilege to be here. I really, really hope that Michaela's motivation helps you guys understand more about us and just get to know who we are as a community. I do, We're not what you think. I do want to also let you know right now the pageant I'm in, because I promised them I would mention them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah, I was told. Um, the one that I'm in right now is Today's Extraordinary Queen. It will be soon known as just Extraordinary Queen. Um, it is based online. It is for those with disabilities. Oh. I am a national queen, and um, I will be c competing for the supreme title very soon. Oh! And then after that, um, my friend Elizabeth, courtesy of Miss Friend Elizabeth, <laughs> she always does this to me. Oh, by the way, you're in this. Yeah. She decided to tell me. Oh, by the way, you're in today's international woman. Oh wow! So. <laughs> She's always doing that to me. Doing all kinds of spontaneous stuff. She has been one that has come to me and just, she's not let me say no. <laughs> right, right. She'll do it behind she's my back. She's not one to know. She's not one to the answer no. She'll do it behind my back and then tell me, <laughs> hey, by the way, you're going to this place. Oh, good. <laughs> but she knows if she ever gives me a chance, I will back away. I will say no. Mm-hmm. Because I am not one to focus on myself very much. Right. And so that's also meaning I'm going to be going on a mission trip in January. So I'm not really focused on myself. I'm more focused on the welfare and the health and everything of everybody else. Mm -hmm. And so she knows that I will refuse because that's something to reflect on me and I don't want that on me. Right, right. Mm. And so another song I recommend that people can listen to is Can You Hear Me? Um, 
that's a really good one. And the color purple talks about my friend Elizabeth and what she suffers. Sarcoidosis is a rare disease, and so... I honestly need to see if she'll come on the show, if she'd be willing she to do it. She'd have to do it WhatsApp. Oh, no, that's fine. That's or not fine. WhatsApp. She can't do WhatsApp. It'd but, be a video you know. chat or something. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, that'd be fine with me if she can ever have the time to talk, you know. If anything, I could use my WhatsApp to do it with her. Okay. She could get on WhatsApp and do it with you. Okay. Use my phone. <laughs> but, alright guys, well, we've come to the end of our show. As I said, I hope Michaela's motivation has motivated you guys. Because that's what I'm here for. I'm here to send a message. And that's what I'm doing. I appreciate Sia for being on the show, and as you guys, as I always say, stay positive, live your dreams, and be yourself. Don't try to be somebody else. I'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening, and thanks for joining.